Edmund K. Takwaye now presents A Thief Among the Trees by Sabah Tahir, Nicole Amblefinger, and Sonia Liao. Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we did a special episode to read the graphic novel that accompanies the An Ember in the Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. Uh, we are meeting today to discuss A Thief Among the Trees. Yeah. I get the feeling that there might be more coming. Ooh. But it's the only one out right now. That would be exciting. But I'm not sure if I'm just wishful thinking or if that's accurate. So... (laughs) TBD. (laughs) It's the only one out right now. (laughs) So how do you feel about graphic novels in general? Do you love them, hate them, indifferent to them? So I have read some that I really enjoy, but I don't tend to go there myself unless someone recommends them to me like they're not I just like don't think of them as often or like don't search that part of the bookstore or whatever but when people recommend good ones to me then I enjoy it but I it's such a different reading experience I have to like slow myself down because I'm such a word focused reader Mm -hmm. that I like try and read the words really fast and forget that the pictures are a part of the story and I need to like stop and make sure I'm taking that part in too so it's like kind of hard for me because I don't do it enough does that make any sense? Absolutely, because that's how exactly how I am. I mean, I really do like graphic novels, but I'm also a word-focused reader, so I like forget to look at the pictures sometimes. And in the same way, like I have to stop and force myself to like appreciate the art and look at the characters. And and I do like them because I like to see characters represented mm-hmm. in a way that is intentional with the author's view. Because I, I mean, once books get released and fans kind of have their way with things like there's so much fan art out there and and that's great too but I like to see characters Mm -hmm. that are created like through the author's eyes how they were imagined yeah yeah exactly so uh this art was created by Sonia Liao it is interesting because so so many more people go into a graphic novel because we have story script art colors letters all listed out as different people at the beginning so I do appreciate how multiple parts come together to tell a story like I I think it's cool I'm just I need to work on like reading them properly (laughs) yeah and I just wonder too like what the collaboration looks like I always wonder that when there's multiple authors on a project together or an author and an illustrator together I'm so curious like what that workshopping looks like yeah I have no idea yeah, do you start with the story and then someone draws things and then someone adds in words? Or do you all work in the same room together? Or do you start with a different part and then add in the other stuff? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And it is interesting, too, because it's so much more, like, dialogue than... I, I mean, not that I think Sabatahir didn't use dialogue anyways, but or it's, like, action and dialogue. There's less of the, like, wordy thoughts and the beautiful descriptions because it's more... Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a completely different way to tell a story. There's no introspection. Yeah. It's all dialogue. Yeah. So it's almost kind of like a screenplay in a way. Mm -hmm. So what did you think of this story in general? Should we talk about the artwork first or the story? Let's talk about the story first, just because I'm story focused. And I think 
<laughs> I love background stories. And we got to see Elias and Helen. And then we saw this new guy who I actually think was referenced in book four very briefly at one point. I forget which character said something about like remembering Tavi from when they were fivers. Mm-hmm. But I found Blackcliffe and the training program as a whole so interesting. I was really excited to go back and see them younger and see more of Blackcliffe. But I don't think I got enough of that. And maybe it's just because they were out in um, like they weren't actually at Blackcliffe. Right. They were on a mission. Yeah. But I was really excited to see the background. I was too. I was really excited to learn that it was during this period at Blackcliff too, when they were fivers, because that's kind of like when all the students are like sent out into the world and like whoever comes back alive can progress to the next level, which is like such a horrible concept, but also like an awesome concept. Like I like how imaginative it is. And I Mm -hmm. always, when I was reading An Ember in the Ashes, I was always thinking like, what kind of stuff? did they come up against where a lot of these fibers like never returned? And so I, I was really glad that we got to see that little snapshot into that, that time period. And it was good back. Like, so Tavi, the third person on their like team has some of these ideas that we see Elias and Helen reacting to differently as a, not adults, but you know, in the series itself, several years down the road from when the graphic novel takes place. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting knowing how both of them kind of turn out or like you know where they are in another five years or six years or whatever because they're like what 11 and 12 ish right in this book in the graphic novel um I think so and then like 17 18 in the series Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see how Tavi helped shape some of their both of their views or like how his different relationship with Elias versus Helen like you can see his impact. Yeah, and he had because he had such a different life too. Like we, ha- they have that moment where they're like disguised and they're helping to make the poison. And T- and Tavi mentions that like his father cried when he was forced mm-hmm. to go to Blackcliff, and Helena was like, "Well, my father was proud." Um, and so just like off the bat, you can kind of tell that he has a diff- very different viewpoint from Helena. Mm-hmm. So true. I had trouble telling apart some of the people in the pictures, though, because they're all, like, in the same uniform, and then some had similar, like, haircut and color. I couldn't tell Tavi and Elias apart, ever. Yeah. Only if I could see the necklace, because Tavi had that necklace on. Yes! That was, like, the only... Thank God for the necklace! (laughs) (laughs) I was confused, too, because enough time had passed from the time that I had read An Ember in the Ashes, at least, like... The first book um, and when I read this graphic novel so when mm-hmm. I first started reading this I thought that everyone in the boat was female I had a really I think the illustrations I think they were trying to show like like you said these like these 12 year old 13 year old people but the way the illustrations were I thought everyone was a woman and then and then I remembered that everyone at Blackcliff is a boy except for Helena and I was like oh okay I got it. But something about the illustrations, it was like the genders were blurring for me. And, and that wouldn't have bothered me like with any other book because like there isn't one way to look masculine or feminine in our world. Mm-hmm. But in this world, like genders are so rigid. And like Elias is always described as like being like tall, broad shouldered, whatever. And so I was a little thrown by the illustrations. That's fair. And I actually agree. Especially now that you've said that and I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, especially on the boat. You're right. But I do love that we got to see a lot of characters. So we got to see Helena 
Tavi Elias. We got to see Marcus. Yep. We got to see Ferris. Yeah. Demetrius. And we got to see a mask. I was so curious about what the masks look like. Oh, yeah. And I was so mm-hmm. glad we got to see, like, an illustration of that. Uh, and it still just shows, like, I mean, we already knew this from the main books, too, but just, like, the brutalness of the martial rule, because they weren't even going up against the enemy. They were going up against martial soldiers who were, like, also trying to torture and kill these kids. <laughs> yeah, and they were, and it seemed like kind of a, not a, not a stupid mission, but it just seems like... They were there to get a sample of this poison, and that's... It was, like, dangerous just to be dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. I was, like... At first, I was, like, well, do they want the poison to do something with it? Like, are they trying to study it? Like... But I think it was just, like, who can... You can get the poison first. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's this bad guy on the island who will hunt you, so it'll be risky. So, like, good luck. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you know what I'm going to say about the ending? What? <laughs> with, with Tavi. How Tavi died? Yeah. I just, again, we have this plot device where somebody stays behind to, like, oh, yeah. fight off the bad guys <laughs> while the others escape and I just I I just started laughing when I read that because I was like this is like the fifth time we've seen this plot device now this is where (laughs) Elias got his first idea to start doing this really exactly maybe that's this is where it all began (laughs) Tavi was just an inspiration to, to the rest of them I was actually a little bit confused even about the poison because they had at least one vial still as a team, which is what they were diluting, right? Mm-hmm. But they only gave one vial to the twins. So did they already? Did the twins already have one vial, or did they each need a vial? Or like, how did I like couldn't understand why they <laughs> the fact that they had a vial wasn't enough? Why they had to go back for more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. I just know that they had to go back and get more, and that's like <laughs> when it all fell apart. But I do, I did like the end. When Elias goes to Tavi's father. Yes, except I wanted to know what happened when he got back. How much trouble did he get into? Did they know where he went? Oh, I don't want to see that. He probably got beaten. That's true. But I just thought that was like a good, like a good way to showcase his character. That he knew he wanted to see Tavi's father, even though he knew he would be punished for it. um, Just because he felt like he owed that to his friend. Yep. And I liked it because also I feel like one of the plot devices we saw over and over again in the series was when somebody needed to prove that they were a good person or like human, a slave would come along that needed help and they would save them. (laughs) Like, I just felt like that happened so often. And so I liked in this case, it was like a different way to show goodness without being like, okay, I'm going to rescue a slave or I'm going to, you know, save a child. Even though that's what Tavi did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The scholars, but, but yeah. It was still fun. I would go back and see more of their time here. I didn't not like the graphic novel aspect, but I did kind of miss the introspection part and multiple... Like, I was... I wanted to know more about, like, what these characters were thinking through parts mm-hmm. of this. In part just because I'm so used to, like, hearing them mull things over. <laughs> yeah. We are used to getting a lot of their inner dialogue. I just think... I just think graphic novels are so fun. Like, I think that's what I like most about them. It's like, they're short, they're easy to read. Like, 
it's just a way to like curl back up with that series and like delve into it again and, and remember like all the things you liked about it. Mm-hmm. And also like I, I just love seeing characters represented in artwork. That's like one of my favorite things. I loved Helena's like braided. Oh, I loved updo. her hair, the crown braid. Yeah. That was great. Mm-hmm. But still being so like the, I really enjoyed seeing her, especially for some reason, mm-hmm. and probably because how much I loved her, anyways, in the series. But yeah, she was like fierce, but like still, I don't know. She was so her. <laughs> yeah, she like still cared about her friends, but she was also just like so determined to prove herself. Yep. You could tell. And it was cool to see her early on, like before she kind of starts to realize how problematic some parts of the Empire are and before she... It's more her in the first book, you know? Loyal to the Empire, trusting the Empire, not questioning the status quo, Mm -hmm. playing by the rules, more or less. Exactly. Um, Did you do any research to go along with this graphic novel? I did not. I forgot that we do research for our shorter ones, so I actually did not. I'm a slacker. Mine's very brief. I thought the poison was a cool plot, and I Mm -hmm. I liked the missions, and I wanted to kind of focus on that. So I think Tavi is the one who says his father ran an apothecary, and they were, like, using this poison to kind of see if it could be a cure at one point. Yep. They were definitely, like, testing it on the scholars for some purpose. I honestly forget the specifics. Well, I just researched some old-timey medical treatments. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. They always make me glad that I don't live in old-timey times. Oh, these will. These will, too. Um, Okay, in ancient Rome, people thought that they could treat rabies with raw veal. So according to Pliny the Elder, anyone bitten by a mad dog or a rabid animal should have their wound cut open and covered with raw veal. And then the patient should eat a diet of lime and hog's fat. And then you should drink a concoction made with wine and boiled badger dung. Again, I just have so many questions about where these things start. (laughs) Like, are they just trying everything and then someone gets better and this is what happened? (laughs) Or does someone, like, do fake science and think this is legit? Or does someone just, like, straight up mess with people and people buy into it? Maybe all of them. I have no idea. But can you imagine holding a slab of raw meat to an opened wound? Like, no. <laughs> it goes against everything we know. No. Uh. And especially back then, because you even think raw meat was probably less oh my God. clean uh-huh. to start with than today. I mean, you know, today at least we like have refrigerators, <laughs> standards around how we deal with food. Yeah. Um. Okay. Doot, doot, doot. In the 1740s, it was popular in Britain to treat asthma with a diet of boiled carrots. Interesting. So they suggested, this is insane, a diet of boiled carrots only for a fortnight. A fortnight is two weeks. Oh my goodness. That can't be good. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. Oh my gosh. I would be starving by the end. I can't imagine... Eating and I'd also get like I get bored eating the same thing for lunch a couple of days in a row, and that's like usually more than one food. And I have other meals in between. I'd get like I couldn't eat some, the same thing for two weeks. Anyways, oh my god, no. Do you think like in fifty years the things that we do today to treat illness they'll look at the same way, or maybe not fifty, but like you know, in a few generations they'll be like they used to do ridiculous things with like yeah antibiotics or something, you know. 
I honestly do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do, especially um, cancer treatments. I think eventually we will find it absolutely horrendous that we like essentially put poison into our bodies to kill tumors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the hardest thing. I feel like this has happened in some time travel books that I've read, but like going back in time and someone a being accused of being a witch and then B someone trying to treat me with one of these things that I know is like not only ridiculous and not helpful, but like potentially dangerous or making things worse. Like, how do you tell some, like, if you know better, how do you go back and, like, tell someone, like, can you please wash your hands before you touch my open wound or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> Didn't that happen in a movie? Probably. I know I've heard it somewhere. I think, oh, it was Outlander. That happened in Outlander. Because the woman who goes back in time is a nurse. And she goes back to, like, medieval Scotland and she's like, yeah, you're doing it all wrong. And but she has to be, like, really careful about, like, what she says. I could totally see that, yeah. And I've read the first book, so that might be what I'm thinking of. I also feel like um, Pillars of the Earth, one of those in the trilogy, it's yeah. not time travel, but there is someone who like um, recognizes that washing hands is sanitary and like is trying to get everyone to do it. World Without End. Is that the one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And they like think she's a witch because she's not dying from the plague. Yeah. And it's like, no, just, just wash your hands. It's that simple. <laughs> oh, here's another treatment for rabies. Oh, good. Uh, in the 1700s, a treatment was advised that you should take 40 grains of ground liverwort. I don't know what that is. What's liverwort? I have no idea. Okay. And 20 grains of pepper in a half pint of milk, and then take that quantity for four mornings, and then take a cold bath. Hmm. <laughs> a cold bath? Really? Like, I mean, it's better than putting raw meat on your wound, but... Slash, how many baths were cold anyways back then? All of them. Probably a lot. <laughs> oh, liverwort is a plant. I just Googled it too. Interesting. Some of these are insane. Okay, another Roman physician in the 3rd century CE said that a great way to treat malaria is to write abracadabra over and over on a piece of paper with one letter less on each line until the letters formed a triangle with just an A at the bottom. And then you're supposed to take, tie the paper with flax and wear it around your neck for nine days and then toss it in an east-running stream. And then if that doesn't work, you're supposed to rub yourself with lion fat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the funny thing is, with something, like, so specific, if it doesn't work, then you're like, oh, maybe it was a... I threw it in a west-running stream. Northeast-running stream. Yeah, like, maybe it wasn't easterly enough or something. Oh, these are such... Oh, my God. Stop. I did not know this. Okay, I guess in the late 19th century and the early 20th century, there were things called asthma cigarettes uh, what? that people recommend to smoke to treat asthma. Oh, that just, that is the best thing I've ever heard. Oh my goodness. Then <laughs> oh they were made with a number of toxic ingredients, including belladonna and tobacco. Oh boy. That probably wouldn't have helped. <laughs> oh my gosh, asthma is on here a lot. Another... Treatment for asthma was chloroform, I guess. Hmm. Doesn't that knock you out? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's one way to get rid of asthma. Just pass out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So n- none of these are recommended. Let's just make sure we uh, specify that. I so wish that abracadabra thing would work for like real diseases. Like how cool would it be if you could just like write something? Like if you didn't have to have anything in your body or like... Mm-hmm. If you could, like, deal with illnesses Some magic by, like, words. yeah, standing in the right spot or, like, <laughs> maybe one day we'll get there. 
Maybe. Do we even want to? I don't know. That might be, <laughs> that might be worse. That might be too much. Um, all right. Anything else about this graphic novel? I'm super excited with the idea that there might be more. And maybe I'm just totally wishful thinking because, you know, I always just want more backstory, side story, character stories, etc. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I saw it as, maybe it didn't say one of many, or, but like just the way, I guess maybe it's just potentially linked to the main series, but it just felt like the way it was described as like a subheading somewhere, that mm-hmm. it was like, there would be more graphic novels in this world, but I could be completely imagining it. Here's hoping, because I would love to see more of them. Even just like the uniforms, like seeing what the uniforms looks like and. I wonder if, like, Sabbath here knew what they looked like in her mind and had the illustrator kind of replicate that, or if the illustrator was like, hey, I read the books, and here's what I think they look like, and she was like, yes, that's awesome, let's use it. Or maybe it was a little bit of both. I have no artistic ability, <laughs> so I'm just trying to imagine, like, if I wrote something, and even if I could picture it really well in my head, like, how would I translate that to paper or work with someone to translate it to paper. I think, like, I guess, I mean, people do, uh, like, sketch artists, you know, how you describe someone you ran into on the street or whatever, and Mm -hmm. they, like, can draw a face that looks accurate, or I don't know. So maybe if I just described it enough with a talented artist, they'd make it happen. You know what I'm trying to remember is, remember when we had our music developed Mm -hmm. for our theme song? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what we told Timothy like, I feel like I just looked this up the other day because I was talking to a friend about the process of how we made music, but I was also like, Marissa has connections. I don't know. Um, I'm trying <laughs> But I think I looked at our old email and... Because there, er- there was something early too, and I think we... Oh, wait. I found it. I found it. I found the okay, email. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it says, we would rather not have a jingle just because we don't want the podcast to come across as too childlike. Although it is YA lit, we will be discussing some more adult themes. <laughs> okay. We, Have we lived up to that? <laughs> no, we're pretty childish. <laughs> we would like... Oh my gosh, this is great. We would like kind of an adventure futuristic feel, since our books will be high fantasy sci-fi, but we don't want it to sound too eerie or dark, since our logo is more on the fun-friendly side. Sith, keys, electric guitar would be great, I think, but whatever you think would be best. (laughs) We're so amenable. In terms of length, 30 seconds would probably be plenty, but we'd also be fine if you want to do less or more. Um, We could also play a separate track at the end during credits. Again, totally up for you. We'd love to hear any samples that you have. So that was like us trying to describe our theme song. And he sent us, like, an early version, and didn't we give a little bit of feedback, too, that was equally, like, vague and, like, oh, we like this, maybe more. Yeah, I I mean, that's so funny that we were so, um, I don't know, I was, like, kind of like this, but if you hate that, that's fine. (laughs) We don't really know what we're saying, so (laughs) you're the professional. Um, Okay, so he said, okay, I have a very bare-bones clip of the direction I'm going with this, and I just wanted to see what you thought before I continued. This is an early stage. There's only three tracks. I'm going to make it build up more and then drop off drop off for the intro, if that makes sense. It just cuts off abruptly, but let me know what you think, and obviously I'm open to suggestions. And then I wrote back, Tim, I wish you could see the insane grin I have on my face right now as I'm listening to this. Thank you so much. And then... I think we did give some feedback for something. 
But again, I feel like it was silly. I mean, I do. I just remember being like, this was way cooler than we even expected. Right? Like, I, or at least than I expected. Maybe you had different. No, you're totally right. But like, I mean, having a theme song seemed like such a wild idea. And then it, I, I've always loved it. Like, Oh, me too. He just captured it so well. It's just funny. It was perfect. Like, it was so perfect. Oh, here's some more. <laughs> he got our gift card that we sent him. That's great. <laughs> See, we're good to work with. We send gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to do it pro bono. I was like, no, you're not doing that. Oh, here's one. If you have to deal with us. Uh, this is awesome. I love, love, this is from me. I love, love, love the octave change, and the timing works out perfectly with what we're going to say at the beginning. I think no matter how you end it, it's going to be amazing. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> I know you said you were going to think of a way to bring it to a close, but I kind of like the weird sciency machine sounds at the end. <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously expert music uh, describer people. That's a, that's a term, right? <laughs> I like the weird sciency machine sounds at the end. I don't know how to describe them, lol. But it would be cool if after the main music theme ended, we were left with a few of those odd sounds to kind of drift off. I don't know, but seriously, it's so cool and it fits our theme so well. And Tim said, I definitely agree with keeping the weird noises. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Love it. Love everything about it. Yeah, I think that was like such a blast to work on that with him and I think like just the idea of collaborating with someone on a project together sounds like so much fun I would I don't know I hope I get to do that some more one day is this is this where we like just throw out a if you'd like to collaborate on a project with us (laughs) we're nice we love everything we hedge everything we say and you'll get a gift card (laughs) adjectives are hard the sciencey sound (laughs) just kidding all right well we Hmm. are Going to start our next series, which is Black Wings Beating by Alex London. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, Buckworms. Oh, no, wait, wait. What? Oops. A joke. Oh, whose turn is it? I think it's my turn. And I okay. actually do have one. Okay, perfect. Tell me, tell me a joke. <laughs> okay, what did the mermaid wear to math class? I have no idea. An algebra. <laughs> you didn't say algae, right? Algebra. <laughs> you got I it. love it. I love a good math joke. Uh, that's, that's good. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at mnktalkya at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at mnktalkya. Let us know if you'd like to collaborate on a project. <laughs> Bye, bookworms. Go get a library card. Cue sciencey sounds. <laughs> <laughs>